It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan men's basketball team is on to the Sweet 16. Again, the women are on the verge of joining them. The hockey team is a one seed. And that's not all from Michigan teams over this past weekend. We're talking all things NCAA tournament right here on Wolverine Confidential. Okay, Aaron and Ryan, good to be talking with you here late Monday morning, March 21st. It was a busy, wild, exciting weekend for Michigan athletic teams. Um, you know, Ward Manuel was in Indianapolis where I was uh, with, with the men's team and talking with him. Uh, he's almost felt bad. He couldn't be in, you know, more places at once, uh, but he's, he's preparing for a potential busy travel schedule coming up here. Um, you know, I'll be back in Ann Arbor now for, for the women's game tonight. And then uh, who knows, you know, on the San Antonio and, or, you know, Wichita and, you know, the, there was, there was wrestling and gymnastics and, all sorts of things going on. But yeah, let's start. I guess let's start with the men's team. The Michigan men's basketball team, an 11 seed, is in the Sweet 16. Again, uh, the fifth consecutive NCAA tournament. Remember, there was there was none in 2020. That's why we can't say five straight years. But yeah, they're back again as an 11 seed. Beat Colorado State the six on Thursday. And then truly upset uh, the three Tennessee on Saturday night. Um, yeah, you guys, I'm sure were watching, uh, when you could with the, the other busy stuff you were, you were involved with, but yeah. What did you guys think of, of, of Michigan, uh, surviving the first weekend? Well, for me, I think it's fitting that my, my MI bracket is completely busted <laughs> that both of my teams in the championship game are, are both out. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's surprising. I, I really thought Tennessee was, had a chance to, to go on, continue their run from the SEC tournament and, and really make some noise. I thought they were one of the best teams in this NCAA tournament and, and Michigan was able to, to slow them down and, and looked, looked pretty good from the parts I was able to watch. It was, it was tough. I literally got home from the, the women's basketball game and was trying to write while also paying attention to the men's game too. But yeah, I mean, just kind of hearing some of what, some of what the announcers were saying, it's a pretty, pretty solid effort from, from Michigan on, on Saturday. When, when the news that Devontae Jones wasn't going to play in the, the opener against Colorado State, I thought their chances it, you know, were, were good at that point. Uh, they looked good against Colorado State. Uh, then I, I didn't think they really stood a chance against Tennessee, you know, between their length and their athleticism and their, their you know, their ability to stop the ball and their de- defensive, you know, prowess. Um, I was really impressed with Michigan the other night. You know, I, I thought they played really, really well. Um, they were really balanced. They got a lot of, you know, Hunter Dickinson looked fantastic. I don't know if it was his best game of the year, but it looked mm-hmm. like it. It it was it was the Michigan team that I think, at least against Tennessee, that was the Michigan team maybe many of us thought we'd see throughout the year. And it just it never really happened or consistently enough. 
know, they got some good wins and we talked about the zigzag nature of their win-loss, win-loss record. You know, maybe maybe they figured something out. It, they looked really good. They looked like a a a top of the line basketball college basketball team the other day. And it, you know, coming out of that game, it's like I guess I wasn't surprised they won, mm-hmm. but I guess in the manner in which they did, it was it was top to bottom. I thought it was a fantastic effort. With with all the late money coming in on Michigan and, and the the line moving from like started I think what Tennessee minus five and went to six six and a half I'm like man should have jumped on Michigan that, that should have told you something when when everyone was jumping on Tennessee to, to maybe jump on Michigan but yeah I mean it was uh, definitely a, a surprise and, and pretty remarkable that they're back in the six, Sweet Sixteen again especially with with how many top programs weren't able to to advance past the first weekend. Absolutely. And Ryan, your bracket, you know, representative of that. I'm glad you could just get out in front of the story right away early in the pod and just (laughs) acknowledge it. You're going to have a lot of fan bases, I think, reaching out to you next year, uh, telling you to, you know, pick their opponent to win this whole thing. I do have Arizona and UCLA in my other championships. So at least I have one bracket and I'm doing, and I'm in the top 20 in 140 person bracket. No, I, no one wants to hear about your other brackets. Okay. No one wants to hear about your other brackets. Hopefully. Fair enough. Here it's your MY bracket. I'll All mute right. myself. Six. <laughs> Oh gosh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're not alone, obviously, in having the the busted bracket, and and Michigan has contributed to that in in some cases. We talked about, you know, how they were in a, da- a dangerous 11 seed because they had shown the potential, you know, to beat teams like Tennessee. I mean, they they beat another three seed in this in this tournament who's still alive, Purdue, uh, handily earlier in the season, and there were some other impressive wins too. They had the talent. They had, you know, the preseason. Uh, uh, you know, ranking to kind of back up what the expectations were for this team. So it, it's coming together, uh, you know, at the right time for Michigan. So, um, yeah, v- very impressive. I mean, you know, for Devonte Jones to not play in the first game and then only give him, you know, what what he did in the in twelve minutes in the first half of the second game, and yet, you know, Michigan could could still advance was just all the more impressive. Um, you know, on that note, I will say, like, I, I don't think if Jones if Jones couldn't give him even the twelve minutes he did in the first half of that game, I'm not sure they win because then you're relying on Frankie Collins for, I mean, pretty much 40 minutes the way that that game was playing out. Uh, so you know, he he gave him twelve. It allowed you know Collins to you know, have a, a little more in the tank for, for the second half. And, you know, Michigan rode its, uh, its horses, you know, Hunter Dickinson and Eli Brooks um, to a, to another sweet 16. So um, very impressive. You know, the other, the other schools since the NCAA tournament expanded to, you know, six rounds, 64 teams. Now there's 68, but you know, that they, that's the extended, uh, you know, playing games. Um, you know, it, it's an impressive list. It's Gonzaga, it's Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas. Um, you know, those are, those are, those are blue bloods. Um, I mean, absolutely. Gonzaga, obviously maybe more of a new blood as they say, but no team has been better in the NCAA tournament, you know, over the last 10 years than Gonzaga. And now Michigan is, is in that group, in that conversation with those teams, the most NCAA tournament wins. Uh, if you go back to, to 2013 with 23. So yeah, very, very impressive. Um, and you, you just never know how these games are going to go. That's why I say, listen to our kind of analysis, breaking things down instead of our predictions. Um, you know, if you had told me that they get nothing from Caleb Houston um, in, in the, the game against Tennessee. Um, and I'm, I mean, truly nothing. He scored, he scored no points as, as far as, as far as that goes, you know, and still win. I, I wouldn't have believed you, but here they are um, playing for a spot in the elite eight. They'll go against two seed Villanova. Um, you know, there are some, there are some common opponents there this year. If you want to go that way, um, you know, Michigan, which split against Purdue, uh, Villanova 
you know, lost to Purdue on a neutral court. Um, their seat in the hall, uh, Villanova swept them, Michigan lost to them at home and then, uh, Tennessee as well, which obviously Michigan just beat and Villanova crushed on, on a neutral court, but you know, that was back, that was back in November. So, you know, Villanova beat Delaware and they just beat Ohio state, um, you know, by 10 points. So, uh, they've got, you know, an all American and Colin Gillespie, um, you know, at point guard, but you know, Michigan should have advantages inside. It's kind of the same story from the first two games. I think, you know, Michigan, Michigan will be able to play through Hunter Dickinson, uh, with some pretty good success. Uh, you know, Villanova doesn't have quite the size, but they're incredibly fundamentally sound. Um, they're a good, you know, three point shooting team. They're the best free throw shooting team in the country. You know, they, they take a lot of threes. Uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're just sound. They're, they're a very good team. They're 28 and seven now, um, you know, just missed out on a big East regular season title, but won the big East tournament. Um, so this should be a very good game. And it's back in San Antonio, which is where, you know, Michigan played Villanova for a national championship in 2018, losing that game after they had beaten Loyola Chicago. Regardless of what happens Thursday against Villanova, mm-hmm. and maybe this is a better question for our listeners, for those of you listening that want to chime in and email us your spots, it's fine. Has Michigan's first two wins in the tournament kind of redeemed the team from, from the season, the, the the end of the year, you know, when things weren't going so great and there was this question mark whether they even deserved to be in the tournament. Have, have these two wins kind of erased everything? I mean, this is a pretty incredible. I know it's only two wins, but it's a pretty incredible run. They're, they're Right now, Sweet 16, they're considered, you know, one of the best teams in the country, you know, potentially get to the lead eight. I mean, is everything great now? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's a it's a great question. I think um, I'm not just saying that because I kind of asked it to to a couple of the the coaches after the game. Like you know, I, I use the word like validate in a way. You know, like you you made it to the to the second weekend here. Yeah, you're one of the 16 teams playing, and you know, Jawan was like immediately like no, like he, that's not how he thinks of things. At least like he plays to win it. He plays and he coaches to win championships. They haven't done that yet. Um, you know, they have unfinished business, he said, um, you know, Saudi Washington was like, he was kind of hedging on it, you know, like he wasn't sure he's like, you, you could say that, you know, but their, their whole thing has been just getting better, you know, throughout the year and, you know, peaking, peaking at the right time. So that's how they feel they're, they're at now. Um, but like, they're not, they're not satisfied. I guess, I guess that's probably what they wanted to make sure that, you know, there wasn't some like, yep, we've, we've arrived, we've done it. Season is a success. Um, now. So for them, it might be a better question of once the season is over, whenever they do lose, you know, if they felt that way. But yeah, I, I think it is a great question because in a way it's just two wins, right? I mean, that's all that's all it is right now, but it's how the sport is kind of assessed, right? I mean, it, it's all it, so much is about what happens in this event. And yeah, Michigan uh, on, for a moment there thought it might be the only Big Ten team standing, but, you know, they joined Purdue as, as the two representing the conference. And, uh, you know, here they are with, with a shot to, to keep going. So, uh, I mean, they're smaller underdog than they were against Tennessee. So yeah, it, it is, it is a good question. And I, I would be interested in hearing some, some fans from some fans about what they think. Meanwhile, the women's team is hoping to get there. Uh, they will play Villanova now in the round of 32, which, you know, has made for some, uh, you know, interesting headlines, I'm sure on mlive.com slash Wolverines lately, uh, with both teams in their next game coming against Villanova. Uh, you know, Ryan, you were there at Chrysler, um, you know, kind of, kind of all week here, you know, leading up to the game during the game after the game. Um, yeah. What can you tell us about, you know, Michigan's, uh, first round win and kind of what comes next? 
Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, because Michigan is playing on his home court in the, in the NCAA tournament for the first time ever, but doesn't really look has has the same like look to it inside Chrysler. I mean, there's NCAA tournament banners and posters and March Madness posters all over. There's there's media tables lining both ends of the court. Like it's a little bit different. And for us, we're sitting courtside, which which rarely happens at, at Chrysler too. But uh, had a front row seat to see Michigan absolutely dominate American. Uh, number 14 seed American in the opener. And uh, yeah, I mean, Michigan looked a little bit disjointed early. They hadn't played in two weeks, but really hit its stride after the first time time out of the game and absolutely just walloped American the rest of the way. I mean, Nas Hillman did Nas Hillman things, 24 points on 11 of 14 shooting, 11 rebounds, and, and didn't even play in the fourth quarter because they were up so much. And, and Michigan was just tenacious on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, poor American starting point guard was just under duress all game. And I mean, she finished with nine turnovers, but it's like, I mean, she had at times like she was in double team that had no one to, to give it to and dish it to. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, American only shot one of 21 from deep. So it was a struggle for them. And, and it was a really nice little bounce back performance for the Wolverines who, uh, as we, we spoke about, had lost four of six heading into the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point to to start about like the the environment because I you know I heard that from others and you know, reading your stories like you know it can be sterile is not the right word but you know they they do put their branding over everything and it kind of becomes it's almost like they try to bring that neutral site to a team's home court but at the end of the day what matters is is, is the noise and the fans and kind of the the environment they create and as you wrote like that certainly helped Michigan. Yes, that was in their favor. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a, a pro-Michigan crowd. The lower bowl was pretty much entirely packed um, so, and some people in the upper bowl as well. So a, a great atmosphere, the best atmosphere I've seen at, at a Michigan game, at a women's game at Chrysler. And I expect, I mean, it is a little bit of an early start here, 6 p.m. tonight against Villanova. So I, I don't know if people are, have to get off work early to, to make it in time. But yeah, I expect another um, pretty pretty solid crowd too, and and it's a place where Michigan hasn't lost yet this year. Fifteen and zero now at Chrysler, looking to make it sixteen and zero and and punch their ticket to the Sweet Sixteen for a second straight season. How did Leah Brown look? Because you know that that was a thing at the the end of the year. Michigan was stumbling a little bit, played some games without her, and then even when she came back, they were still kind of working her in minutes wise. Did she? Did this team look a little bit more like they had when they were playing their best? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I was a little bit surprised that she didn't get the start. She came mm -hmm. off the bench uh, at Layla Filia, a, a freshman, still still starting in, in her place. But uh, I think, but Kim Barnes Rico said after the game that, that Lee is fully healthy and they plan on, on playing her big minutes here against Villanova, which should be a much tougher op uh, opponent. But I think she had 11 points, hit two or three three pointers. Uh, had, had six assists in just like 11 minutes. Had, had a really nice dish to, to Nas. Um, at, at one point in the game too. So, I mean, she definitely looks healthier and, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets the start here tonight and, and plays more Leah, more to her typical playing time here, uh, here tonight, because yeah, Michigan's going to need it. Villanova's an 11 seed, but I mean, if you, if you look at their team, uh, they, they play in the big East, a very tough conference. They ha they beat UConn earlier in the year. They play much better in the second half of the season and Michigan's faced a lot of top scorers na nationally this year, and they'll face another one tonight. Uh, Maddie Seagrist, uh, averaging over 25 points per game, leads the team in rebounds. Uh, her versus Nas Hillman inside should be should be quite the matchup. 
Uh, Michigan's got a little bit more length than 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 Villanova, but but Villanova. I mean, Michigan's favored by twelve and a half points, but I mean, you've seen or uh, Iowa lost. In, to train in, in their second round matchup, a two versus 10 seed. So these there's been some upsets here in the women's tournament too. So Michigan has to be uh, on alert because Villanova, I think is a, is a pretty, could be a pretty sneaky team. Seagrass has, has led them in scoring in every single game, except one since uh, mid December. And there's some, some big number games uh, in, in there, you know, a 42, uh, uh, a couple 31s, um, you know, that she's uh or three or four 31 point games to, to be uh, clear on that. Yeah. So that should be good. I, I remember I was talking up BYU a little bit in our, in our preview <laughs> pod, but here it is. It's Villanova, a little double dip for the men. Um, and the women, you know, for a spot in the, in the sweet 16 to get to Wichita where, you know, the bracket has opened up. This is, this is another thing I know we said, uh, on the preview in the, these tournaments is that, you know, you can talk about your matchups, you know, in the, in your little pod to start, but beyond that, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of taking a risk as far as what, what you think might happen. You just don't know. So yeah, sure. You know, Michigan Baylor looked tough. Louisville looked tough. And you know, there were teams they'd played already this year, but guess what? Baylor's going home. Uh, South Dakota upset them, um, you know, as a 10 seed. So that's, that's who would be next for them. Uh, and, and there, there's a storyline there with, uh, you know, South Dakota's head coach, Don Plitza white, I, I believe is how it's pronounced, uh, who was, she's, she's a youper. Um, and she's from, she was an assistant at Michigan, you know, uh, not, not part of the Kim Barnes tree, but the, the Kevin Borseth, uh, tree, um, you know, here, here at Michigan. And she, she was with him for a little while before getting, getting a head job and, you know, she's someone that's definitely moving, moving up in the, in the coaching world. And yeah, that would be, that would be interesting because she's, she's got the connection to Michigan, if not exactly, you know, this staff, um, but certainly a storyline to watch if, if Michigan can, can get there. Um, you know, you look, you look up in the bracket too, you know, Iowa is out, busted some, some brackets uh, with, with their upset loss. So it just, again, it speaks to, what the, the the motto of this tournament is, which is survive and advance. It doesn't matter how you do it, as long as you you keep going. And you know the men the men have found a way to do that, and now the women will will try again to stay perfect on their home court and stay alive in this tournament. It could be could be potentially three straight double digit seeds for for the Wolverines if they can advance here uh, tonight. So um, kind of resembling a little bit for the Michigan men's team a few years back. So, but yeah, you got to win the games on on your schedule and whoever you face. So can't take anyone lightly as we've seen. Correct. Okay. So yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't just basketball. You know, making news and and having success uh, this this past weekend. Um, we've got a hockey team getting ready uh, for an NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah, Ryan, tell us what we need to know there. Yeah, I mean, Michigan, first of all, they, they won their first Big Ten tournament title since 2016 uh, in front of an absolutely electric atmosphere at, at Mariucci in, in Minnesota. I obviously wasn't at the game, but I mean, you could just tell from, from the TV, uh, it was the largest crowd ever at a Big Ten tournament game, over 10,000 fans. And uh, it really, for Michigan, couldn't get off to a worse start. Gave up a goal 32 seconds in on a breakaway, um, but answered less than a minute later, really weathered the storm after Minnesota had some some really quality scoring chances in the first period, really limited them in the second period and took a 4-1 to one lead. And it, it, this final score, 4-3, to three, was a lot closer than, um, than the game actually was. I mean, Michigan was up 4-3 to three until the final – or 4-1 to one until the final minute. Minnesota got a couple power play goals and, and pulled the within within one with five seconds left. But 
yeah, I mean, at that point, there's there's not enough time for to get the equalizer. So a, a huge win, and it also put them at uh, number one in the pairwise rankings too, which gave them the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, which is, I think, a pretty big deal because that means they get to play an American international college team instead of Harvard in the in the first round, which, I mean, they, they should, should win either of those games, whoever they face, but uh, AIC, a lot of people probably have not heard of AIC. It's not a very big school. Uh, the Atlantic Hockey Association, they earned their bid by winning that conference tournament and talked about a, a mismatch on paper. I mean, yeah, Michigan has 13 NHL draft picks, seven first rounders. AIC has one, a seventh rounder, their goalie. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, Michigan has a talent advantage there. And, and if they played Harvard, Harvard's one of the youngest teams in the country, but very talented, uh, a handful of draft picks on their roster too. Um, and plays in a much t- tougher conference. So I think that getting that number one seed could, could bode well for them. And they'll play the, the winner of Quinnipiac, Quinnip- Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac, and Quinnipiac and St. Cloud state, the two verse three seed. That's also in the, in the Allentown, Pennsylvania region. So um, yeah, the, I, you better one, hope it's St. Cloud state just for, you know, in case you have to do any radio hits or something, you know, as far as the pronunciation, you know, you better hope it's St. Cloud state. No, no, no. Give Don't me disrespect- Quinnipiac. Don't- don't disrespect the Mac, all right? The real Mac. Hey, I, don't no, know, that's a ho- I don't know if that's easy. a conference they play in for hockey, but they do. They do. That's their, that's their basketball conference. It's different for hockey. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, it will be, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, all the regions for the hockey tournament are, and I won't get into it, but they're, they're random play, places. Random places, <laughs> yeah, which, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really understand. I think they should go back to, to uh, campus sites because I mean, it's, it just makes a lot of sense to me, but again, yeah, mission opens in Allentown and if they can win two games, they'll be headed to the frozen four in Boston. Gotcha. Yeah. Campus as far as like the one seeds just host a little 14 pod. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That would be my solution. Um, The frozen four then at a neutral rotating. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's how yeah, it used I, to be. That's how it used to be. Like, I mean, you just see see old videos of teams hosting NCAA tournament games at their home barns, and it's just the atmosphere is insane. But then now, in the in the past several years, I mean, it's the attendance at these regionals is, is very poor. So, but hey, it is what it is. Yep, I'll try to advance no matter. So American, I mean, I know it's not American University, but still, just more kind of repeat names yeah. here that we got going on. But yeah, uh, AIC. I don't know if you're. Got the acronym you want to be, you know, you know, UM or you know OSU or things, you know, AIC. It doesn't doesn't quite have the same same ring to it, but we'll we'll see how it goes. I know you've often said, you know, hockey, especially in the tournament, like anything anything can happen. You know, it's just it's just these one game. It's one mm-hmm. hockey game. Uh, there, there's potential for more upsets. Filling out a bracket in these things is always just kind of a fool's errand, but. You expect Michigan, you, you, I know you've written before, you know, the, the bare minimum should be getting out of this, uh, this regional. Is that, is that fair? It's, yeah, definitely fair. And I mean, yeah, they should definitely win this opener. And, and, and St. Cloud State plays in the best conference in, in the country and could be a, a tough opponent. Quinnipiac has given up the fewest goals in the entire country, but Michigan's rolling right now, 15 and three since January 1st. Um, they got, they got four lines that they can put out there. Um, just uh, Eric Portillo is playing really solid in goal. I mean, they have all the pieces right now. The only thing 
that they could be missing is that NCAA tournament experience. They only have that one player, Michael Passageau, the fifth-year senior that has played in the tournament game before, back when Michigan reached the, the Frozen Four in 2018. Um, so, yeah, this is a, a completely different environment for them. Uh, and, and we'll see how they respond if they fall behind by a goal or two in one of these games if they can bounce back. But they showed against Minnesota, who's probably arguably the a top three team in talent in, in the entire country playing in a tough environment. They responded right away after an early goal and, and kind of took over that game. So uh, it's been a, a really solid season to this point. But like you said, it only takes one loss and your season's over. We've got we've got other news as well. Like we said, you know, Ward was uh... – he wanted to be a lot of different places. Um, I was I was very locked in to what was going on in Indy. Remind me of these other teams or individuals. We've got some championships. Yes, banners were accumulated this week. Yeah, uh, uh, gymnastics won a, a Big Ten title, and yep. and wrestling finished second at the NCAA championships, and also had an individual national champion, Nick uh, Siriano won the title at 125 pounds. So nice little uh, moment for him and, and quite the season for, for the Michigan wrestling team too, that also won the big 10 title for the first time since I think it might've been like 1979, something like that. I wrote about it when they did it a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. So uh, yeah. And a banner season for them and, and potentially more, more uh, headlines on the way for some other sports here as we get deeper into March. It was not all you know, flowers and sunshine for Michigan athletes uh, this weekend. There there was, you know, you could say a devastating story coming out of, uh, you know, the Michigan's pro day uh, at at Shem Beckler. Aaron, tell us about that. Yeah, I guess I got to be the negative Nancy here. Uh, Yeah, Friday, Michigan held pro day at Shem Beckler Hall. Uh, It happens every year. Uh, It's something they do. They didn't do it uh, a couple years ago because of COVID, but it's done every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of Michigan's pro draft eligible players were there working out for scouts. Some players did more than others. Um, you know, for instance, Aiden Hutchinson uh, did the bench. He did not do that at the combine a few weeks ago in Indy. So he decided to do the bench for the, the, the pro scouts. Uh, With some help from the, the spotter. Did you guys see the video? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was getting some help. Um, <laughs> it, it's always weird. And I think that's one of the reasons why the combine, the NFL likes the, the, the combine in Indy because it's, and we talked about this in the last week, it's just a yeah. kind of sterile environment where everything's consistent. They got their own people running everything. And if you, if you go to these pro days, you know, the schools and the, the athlete, you know, Michigan's football staff is helping. So the, you know, some of the results sometimes are a little skewed anyway, not to bury the lead here, <laughs> um, but David Ajabo potential first round pick uh, was doing a pass rushing or excuse me, a pass catching pass defense drill, I guess, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Non-contact, wasn't going up against anybody. He was just running some routes. They threw the football to him. He caught it and immediately went down with an injury. Uh, turns out it was a torn Achilles, uh, leaving him sidelined for it's going to be a while. Um, it's it's a really unfortunate situation. Uh, there is video online. You can find it. I think ESPN got it or NFL Network. One of those folks were there. In fact, NFL Network had a reporter there in, in the field house on hand for the, the activity. Um, the local media wasn't allowed in, so we weren't allowed to see it, but the news of it was kind of coming out as we were showing up Friday afternoon for, for player interviews, because typically after this thing, they bring out all their guys to talk to the media and just, you know, get their thoughts on how things went. Um, but that was kind of the overshadowing storyline of the day. You know, a job went down injury at that point. They didn't really know the severity of it. Um, it turns out it was, it sounds like, uh, you know, ESPN's Adam Schefter reporter was a torn Achilles. So it's, he's going to be out a while. Really unfortunate situation. As I said, a job was projected to be a first round pick, probably mid round, mid first round 
Now his draft stock is probably going to take a hit. I don't know to what degree. There's been some, you know, conflicting ideas here. You know, um, you know, Jim Nagy, the senior bull, put up a tweet the other day I thought was interesting. He doesn't think Ojabo's, you know, his his draft stock is going to take too much of a hit because he's already considered kind of a project by NFL teams. Now they like his ceiling, they like mm-hmm. his ability and everything else, but there was this idea that he may not have, you know, really seen the field of the NFL maybe for a couple of years. So We'll see where that goes. Uh, just an unfortunate situation. I think it's safe to say he probably still won't be a first-round pick. But we'll see. I mean, we've seen guys come back from this. It, it, Achilles are tough because it can affect your speed and, and, and footing and everything else. So we'll see. It's an unfortunate situation. It was the main kind of storyline to come out of uh, to come out of Friday when you know all the talk was supposed to be about Aiden Hutchinson and potentially you know him going number one. I don't know, man. I don't know how many NFL teams are looking to draft a player in the first round and planning on developing them as a project for a couple of years. I mean, if you draft someone in the first round, even if they're a little bit raw, I mean, I think you got to expect them to be on the field a little bit right away. I mean, if he, if for, for me, if he's still a first round pick with, with this type of injury, I mean, we've seen in the past how how injuries just before dra- drafts could could hurt people's stock. I mean, I think yeah, he he is uh, still a talented player and, and has a lot of potential, but. Achilles is, is is a serious injury, so it, it would be a risk to to still go pretty high. But I guess we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's obviously it's a, it's a tough blow for a you know a guy who's had a you know, it's a very you know unique and interesting story and career so far. Um, but you know, I saw some you know social media messages from him. He he seems to be handling it as best as he can. You know, he vows to be back. You know, as, as good or if not better than before. All right. Well, it, it is kind of a bummer to end on that note. I don't know. Let's just remind people that the Michigan women play tonight, 6, 30, 6, 6, 6, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Uh, ESPN U, I ESPN believe, U. is broadcasting yes. that one. And um, yeah, I think there's still tickets available. There were this morning. I don't know if they still are, but I'm, I don't think it'll be a complete sellout in that upper bowl, at least, if you want to try to you know get in the building. Um, men will play. Thursday, uh, seven twenty nine. If you know, seven fifteen is what the networks are promoting. But you know, if you don't want to waste time watching any of the pregame stuff, uh, you know, then boom, seven twenty nine. I believe is when we'll actually throw the ball up there at the AT and T Center, not the same arena where Michigan played uh, uh, in its final four. But we'll have coverage of all of it on MLive.com/slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.